What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 51 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always today by my very good friend, Mr. Pixel Par. Hey, guys. Welcome back, buddy. I'm back. You're back from your hop across the pond. Uh, yeah, I visited America Land. Yeah, uh, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about... Uh... We'll talk about it on an After Dark at some point. but mm-hmm. uh, All right, so on this week's show, we're talking about Super Mario Maker 2, some new games coming to NES and Super Nintendo apps on Nintendo Switch, and the just insane, insane sales that Nintendo Switch saw in America over Thanksgiving Black Friday weekend. What a week to be back, man. There's finally news. I know. I, I, what did you even cover last week? Uh, you know, uh, AJ from Fanatics 4 came and joined me and Steve, and oh, we talked about Pokemon yeah. for like... 45 minutes, so that padded the show out pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a Pokemon special, yeah? We went into it, and I was like, there is, like, not that much to talk about on the news this week. And I was like, oh, cool, it didn't even matter. We talked about Pokemon for nearly an hour, and then we had an insane number of questions in the mailbag. So it was was easy as, you know, as could be to fill the show, actually. 10-hour special or something. It was an hour and 45 minutes, I, I think. Wow. I, I, don't, I think it edited to be a little bit less than that. But I remember I literally uh, – I had talked to DJ before we recorded and I was like, hey, man, I know it's like a tight turnaround and there's three people on the show this week. But could you edit the show tonight? You know, like I, I had a, a, a prior engagement mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, no problem. And then when we ended, I was like, DJ, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> he's like, what? I was like – the show's an hour and 40 minutes. And you're just like, oh, my God, you animals. Like, what have you done? <laughs> Brutal, man. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thanks again to DJ. And he's doing the same thing this week. So let's try and keep it a little shorter this time around. Uh, so if you're a new listener, welcome. This is episode 51 of the Potscast. Uh, if you haven't checked us out before, we are Loot Pot's weekly Nintendo podcast where we get together and talk about the news, what we're playing, uh, we answer your questions, all kinds of stuff. So uh, it is it is a big old blast. Uh, so whether you are a new listener or an old, we'd really appreciate your support if you would give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Uh, go and you know subscribe to the RSS wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, you know. If we're not somewhere where you like to get your podcast, let us know. We'll make sure we get there. I mean, that's mostly Pixel's job, so it might take a little while, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Got to rash you a little bit, but you went away, you know. It's we go. So, uh, yeah, uh, aside from supporting the show in all those ways, there's a number of other places you can connect with us and get in touch. Uh, you can visit us at loopots.com, follow at loopots on Twitter, or you can write in with your questions just like some of you did for our mailbag section this week by writing in to me me at pete at loopots.com uh, or by joining us over on our discord channel where uh, we have an awesome burgeoning little community of pots heads just like you uh, out there talking about nintendo trading pokemon getting out there doing raids getting out there doing battles it's a great place to connect with other nintendo fans like you or to come chat with us uh, because we're in there all the time especially me and dj we're like in there every damn near every day talking about pokemon right now so uh Great place to come and connect, get your questions right on the air, all that fun stuff. We'd appreciate it if you'd come and join us there. And then the last plug I have for you today before we can get into the meat of this thing is patreon.com slash loot where if you want to go above and beyond, if you want to show the utmost support of this fine program and all the things we do here at Loopots, you can head over to patreon.com slash loot Support us at any level that you see fit. 
Uh, but if you want to get some really primo content, hit us at that $5 level. You'll get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, where we'll be talking about Pixel's vacation at some point, uh, where we talked about... Uh, we had AJ on for the one that was supposed to go up last week, but will go up this next week, uh, where we talked about Thanksgiving food, and uh, we had him answer a bunch of weird questions. It was a good time. He said himself it's a fun show. You can go ask him uh, that it's it's worth your $5. You're going to want to go check that out. All right, so that's that's enough shilling. Let's get into the show. <laughs> I was waiting for you to breathe. I was like, when's he going to breathe? <laughs> I'm like a used car salesman. You know, I take that one deep breath and then just talk for five minutes. <laughs> uh, All right. So, uh, so Pixel, you've been gone for like, it feels like a month. I feel like it's probably been like two weeks, but. It's been a week. Is it really? You've only missed one week of shows? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's bullshit. You've missed two because you haven't been on since Pokemon came out. No, and I'm I did, checking I, this photo. I did a whole episode talking about it with DJ, and then we did a whole episode last week talking about it with AJ. So you definitely haven't been on in two weeks. Oh, no, I have. I was only away for a week, but it crossed over with the recording days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, f- fair enough. I've been away for a week. But in, in, in listener terms, I've been away for two. Right, which is what's important because that's who we're talking to right now is the listeners who I'm sure have been dying to hear what you think about Pokemon and you just haven't been here. No. So what's up? You're, where, uh, so let's start here. What are, your, what are you thinking so far? Where are or Okay, no, we'll start here. How long have you been playing? Like, where are you in the game? What are you thinking so far? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Right, so I've got four badges. 16 hours, 23 minutes. Okay, so 16 hours into the game... Four badges in. What are you thinking so far? It's good, but it's not amazing. No, it's good. I, I, I do enjoy it. Um, but it is lacking in a few areas, like the wild area. As much as I love it, mm. it does feel a bit bare and a bit raw sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I so I talked about this on the show last week. It is now live. My review of Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield, which you can go check out over at Lupots.com. Um, that was my big kind of takeaway from it is like this game feels like it's a step in the right direction i called it a major step in the right direction and motherfuckers were tearing me up on twitter about it like fucking relax and read the goddamn review not the pull quote i take them to task pretty fucking well i think anyway like it it is a major step forward in the fact that game freak have proven that they're aiming towards something that people actually legitimately wanted yeah yeah um, if they just released a, a Brezd 3DS game, which it totally isn't. I know some people say it is, but it's just not. It's not. Um, no. no. Um, then they would have just not taken any steps whatsoever. Like, maybe improved graphics is a little step forward. Um, but the fact they've put in this, like, wild area, all that kind of stuff makes it a major step forward. There's a lot of things in here that they can carry forward onto the next game. And I know people feel like we have to say that every time they release a game. Like, oh, the next one will be better. Oh, they'll push this forward next time. It's the truth, though. Like, that's, like, yeah. where we're at. Like, as long as Pokemon is on this annualized treadmill, like, it's going to be incremental changes, you know? And, like, I I think more than anything, this game shows that they need to go away for, like, two or three years and make a new game. And granted, now that they have the engine and stuff, like, whatever. Like, make the Gen 4 re-release. Like, do another Let's Go. Like, whatever. Like, that's fine. But... The the main team needs a solid 
like three three i would say three or four year development cycle would be fucking great you know like to be honest they they just need nintendo to step in you know like how a lot of studios are pulled in for third party help yeah when like like zelda gets monolith soft and stuff they should do it in reverse of game freak and just offer them some support yeah, bring in some people to like you know like just squash bugs like help smooth out models optimization because that's all the things that are the worst i would say like like you can argue that there are areas where there should be more content or that content should have been delivered in a different way fine i'll entertain Mm -hmm. that that criticism um but I, i honestly think that the biggest problems with the game that aren't fundamental they needed more time to innovate more and make and like realize ideas more is that it's rough around the edges, you know, like specifically when it comes to graphics, because like I was talking about this with uh, with Mike, actually, where like the most frustrating thing about the game's graphics is that it's occasionally beautiful and occasionally looks like an up PS2 game. Like, to be honest, Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, really good games if they were priced at like 30 pounds, so like $40 or so. Yeah, like they always have been. Mm hmm. But this one's like, what, like 60? Yeah, it's a full-price AAA game. And for that, like, you should hold them to a higher standard. Exactly. I'd still recommend the game. Like, it's good. Oh, yeah. But... I think it's a hard 8 out of 10. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's se- good. 7-8 seven, seven, for me. Okay, you know? that's fair. Um, but Like, things like Dynamaxing, like, I can see what they bring to, like, the game. But I personally don't enjoy them that much. It's, it's an extra thing. If you commit to... Uh competitive play like you said you're going to i think you'll you'll end up getting more out of it because that's the thing i like the most about it is that like i think it's it's a it's a fun way to break up gameplay because it's different but it's also like the rewards are actually worthwhile because it's like you can get rare powerful pokemon and like good items that you need to you know like build up your team and all that stuff later on yeah, well, I haven't done any, like, IV training or anything like that yet. EV, EV training. You breed for IVs. I just just don't want you to get torn up on Twitter like I did when you, you, you oh, said... Oh, it's fine. Everyone knows I haven't played Pokemon since, like, well, <laughs> Let's Go was the last one I played, and then before that it was Pokemon Blue, so... You, mean you didn't get into competitive breeding in Pokemon Let's Go? No, I kind of want to get into it now, um, but it just depends how much of a time drain it is, because, you know, my time is limited. It's insanely quick now. Like, it's so fucking fast compared to how long it used to take. Like, I'm hatching Magikarp eggs right now, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, this is so fast. In, like, 15 minutes, I've gotten through, like, 10 of them. And, like, there's all those items you can use now where it's like, all right, cool. Like, even if I get one that's not perfect, I can, like, use a bunch of items or, like, the the jobs and stuff and just, like, backdoor my way into a, you know, on paper perfect Pokemon. Yeah, look, the way I'm playing for it at the moment is I'm avoiding doing that kind of thing. I haven't you shouldn't do that any... in the main game. Yeah. No, no, I haven't used any of the stat boosting things or the leveling up things, like Save the items. Them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to complete the game, play for it as if I couldn't use those. Now I'm going to go back and tweak all my Pokemon after I've completed it for competitive play. Um, that, that's kind of how I anticipated doing it, and I've managed to play like 16 hours so far just by doing it. Bearing in mind, a lot of that was spent in the wild area. So, yeah. So, how long did it take you to go to the wild area, the, or to get out of the wild area the first time? Like, do you remember around how long it was before you did the first gym? Yeah, um, I think I did the first gym at like four or five hours. 
yeah, I, I was pretty similar. I think I was six, seven hours in. Mm-hmm. I was just exploring around, and because uh, Emily, my girlfriend's got the game as well, um, we were playing like local wireless in the wild zone, which is really smooth compared to like online where it's jittery as hell. Um, so, and fighting things together, it was enjoyable. You know, they took some NPCs in there with you. Um, so that made it more fun for me. When I went back and played it with just online, the amount of people going around on bikes and like disappearing and glitching in and out just really bugged me. Like I didn't yeah. enjoy that as much. Yeah, that was one of my biggest criticisms of the wild area is that like the online thing feels dated. Like it, it reminds me of like something like Fantasy Star, where it's like you're in, or like Destiny, where you're like in one of those lobbies and like you can see all the people running around and stuff, but like you can't really interact with them in any meaningful way. So like because of that and because it leads to all the frame dips and everything, like I it never felt super worth it to have it on when you were there. And when it's off, it feels empty because there's nobody there and there's not enough there's not enough npcs if you had like four people playing like local network with you i think it would would actually be perfect perfect. um but the fact that that middle ground can't be achieved unless you're all sat in a room together is like the big issue with it It's, it's one or the other it's either empty or choppy that's what most people are experiencing yeah yeah and it's funny because i definitely seem to run into less technical issues than most people which is like, I gotta say, it's funny. Like, I'm not a particularly lucky guy, but I always have that luck. Like, I have never had a day one launch console like break on me. Mm-hmm. I like knock on wood. Um, I've and like I almost never run into really bad like game breaking or like like experience impacting glitches. And like I've seen the footage. Like, or I, I watched like Mike uh, play at his apartment or his house and saw like how much it was like slowing down, you know, his gameplay and stuff. Um, but for me, like it really hasn't been a big problem. No, I've, I've not experienced any issues whatsoever yet, apart from the online kind of lagging a bit. That's what I meant. Like with the online, like I, even that I wasn't getting a huge frame rate loss, like while I was in the wild area and stuff. For me, it's not whether it's big or not. It's whether it's noticeable that matters. Like, if, yeah. if it detracts you from the immersion of the game, then it's a problem to me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, like, I'm willing to accept a certain amount of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would say that in my experience, and I wrote this in my review, there's nothing that I experienced in Pokemon that was, like, worse or even, like, necessarily, like, different than what I saw in Breath of the Wild or Link's Awakening, you know? It's a very similar. The frame drops um, in the wild area are kind of like running through the Korok forest in Breath of the Wild. But the, pro- the problem is, in Breath of the Wild, that Korok area the Korok, that is so small compared to the rest of the map. Whereas in Pokemon, the wild area, if you're playing online anyway, is a major portion with that issue of the map. And it's also like the main hook of the game. So, a little bit less acceptable. I'd like to see them kind of... It makes it annoying for people that are trying to get like Pokemon from different regions, but I reckon if they kind of region limited it like to like Europe or at least given you the option to switch between, I haven't seen that option in there. My thing is like it doesn't even matter because like you can't interact with anybody in a meaningful way. So even if they just region locked it for like the sake of walking around. Mm-hmm. I reckon that would actually solve like this is me kind of backseat developing with no experience but I, I have a feeling that the connection would be better and there pr- might be less lag if they kind of went eu to eu 
you know, North America to North America, Japan to Japan, just for that aspect of the game. I think it's one of those things, like, it just feels like if they're not going to put a significant amount of time into making it some kind of, like, meaningful in-game functionality, that, like, they would be better off just not doing it at all. Mm -hmm. And, like, focusing on creating like interesting npcs to interact with and like this is the thing right this is totally what i expected game freak to do and no one would have known like and if and if it got revealed no one would have really care because it doesn't serve a purpose but if they just switched all those players out for actual npcs so it just looked like it was people online it makes no difference to the gameplay like it but it would help the performance yeah and i mean like make it so you could go up and battle them and stuff mm-hmm. i don't know like that that's what i would want out of that system and it's disappointing that we're not we're not there yet you know like and we could get there but i don't know we'll see that's that's one of those things that, like i'm not sure that that's ever gonna come to fruition in the way that you want it to because nintendo's online is trash yeah the one thing like the one basic example of online that i really liked where it wasn't going to impact the game and it wasn't that meaningful but it was a nice touch was in Wind Waker HD, where you used to get the little messages in the bottles. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. If they'd taken something like that and just applied NPCs with real player names in the wild area, and then given them little messages that they could tell you, or, you know, add me to trade this, then that would have been perfect. And I'm sure that would have performed way better than trying to drag all these characters in and have them shooting around on bikes. I think that's reasonable. I think, uh, it's funny, like, I, I, I think that's generally where we as like a, a a culture of gamers have come out on it where it's like it's good not great mm-hmm. but it's pokemon so like it's one of those franchises where it's like good like good enough is like great yeah because be, the bar is low to be honest if i <laughs> if i hadn't got a really good pre-order discount on it for the jewel pack for me and my missus i probably wouldn't have bought it day one i would have waited for like uh black friday because it got what a monster hey it got reduced down to like 35 quid in black friday that's when i would have picked it up otherwise yeah so you know but yeah worth playing don't shell out 60 quid for it though i i would say it's worth 60 dollars if you like i don't i don't feel like i spent too much money on it is the thing you know like I I don't disagree with you that I feel like for sixty dollars I would have liked to see more, but I don't I don't feel like it's not worth. Full you price. have to bear in mind so because it's six sixty dollars is RRP in America, right? Yeah, it's like normally fifty nine ninety nine in the UK. It's the same, but in pounds sterling, so that would equate to like seventy nine dollars as RRP. Uh, okay. So games are expensive for you guys, huh? They are, but like retailers do fairly decent discounts on them normally yeah. um again like i got both the games for a lot less than that so yeah man fair enough i mean that's my thing right it's like you know you you need to decide what you think games are worth with your own my thing is i guess if you if you are the kind of person who loves loves pokemon you probably bought it day one and i would say that i i don't personally feel like it is overpriced um but obviously if you can get any game for less money you should probably do that so for any game ever i i I try to pay retail like when it makes sense to just so like you know like i want to buy a game new day one and contribute the most i can to the bottom line if it's something that i'm like you know that i'm like i'm here for i I buy retail i buy physical games so the actual amount the company's going to get is going to be the same it's a retailer profit that gets cut Fair enough. 
I think it's because I don't usually shop around for like there's not as many day one deals I feel like here. You know, it's like if you want a game day one, you're probably paying full price for it, which is fine by me. Um, so I don't want to talk about this too much because we're we got a lot of show ahead of us and we got to keep moving. But uh, the other thing I've been playing this week is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's really good. Don't I'm ruin it. Don't it ruin. I really want I, to pick it gonna, up. I will. I I promise I won't spoil anything. It's very good. I like it a lot. Uh, the story is really good, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. I know a bunch of people in our Discord have been playing it. Um, I know you we were talking about it with Asobi a while ago. And, uh, yeah, so I, I really en- am enjoying it. If you guys, if any of you listeners want to talk to me about it, just come hit me up, like, on Twitter or something, or join us in the Discord, and, you know, we'll talk about it. But Just, just for clarity, that's a PS4 game, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone grabs their switches and goes to the eShop. Yeah. Where is it? Where? Where? Yeah, that's that's why I, I you know, I won't, I won't belabor the point too much. Also, you don't want anything spoiled for you, but it's, it's good. It's worth checking out, I, I would say. All right, so uh, before we jump into the news, we're going to jump into the mailbag a little early this week uh, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you listeners. Uh, I was late to throw up the call, so we only have a few questions. So we're just, we're just going to jump into them now. So this first one comes from just, just take a wild stab in the dark. Who do you think this Ooh, comes from could first? It, could it be, oh, I don't know, a Sobe? Yes! Oh my god, it's a Sobe! A Sobe writes in this week over, uh, he wrote in to me at Pete at Lupots.com, just like you can, and wrote in and said, Hey there, Pete, Steve, and Pixel. Uh, rest in peace, Steve. Um, just, <laughs> just, just, you know, just in case. Uh, here are my questions for this week. Number one, first of all, hope you had a wonderful vacation, Pixel. Did you play anything while you were away? Pokemon. I played Pokemon on the flights. There yeah. you go. Uh, do you guys have any Christmas-themed games you can recommend to me? I need something to get me in the Christmas mood even more. I can't think of any, like, Christmas-themed games, per se. Uh, but, no. like, in terms of games that I, like, like to play around Christmas, um, I I feel like this time of the year is, like, great for, like, story-driven games. You know, like, you know, maybe games snug... Games you got a bit more time for. Yeah, like maybe snuggling up with a significant other, you know, or maybe if you're, you know, if you're single, you get under a nice blankie, get yourself some hot cocoa or a nice hot tea, you know, like chill while while it's snowing outside, play through like, you know, like a nice story that you can engage with, something like Life is Strange or like maybe one of the Telltale games, something like that. I, I Those are the, the games I like to play like this time of year, I feel like the most. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of games that, Centered around. I know, like games like Moonlighter have Christmas events in them, and I think Stardew Valley does as well. Um, Stardew's a good one too. That's like a cozy game. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. You know what's fucked up is the game I really like to play the most in Chris- at Christmas time is Animal Crossing, and Nintendo's fucking me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should all play Pikmin over Christmas. That'd be great. There we go. There we go. All right, number three. What were your most disappointing games of 2019? That is a good question. I don't know. I haven't feel. I don't feel like I've been very disappointed with games this year. No, I'm pretty. I'm generally pretty good at looking at a game and going, "That's gonna be sh- not very good." And I don't think I picked up any disappointing games this year. I'm pulling up a list right now of the games that came out this year, so that I can see if there's anything I'm missing. Uh, I haven't picked up that many games this year, actually, compared to like last year. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't that many games out this year as compared to, the, like, even the last two years, I feel like. like. Not that there wasn't anything major, but, like, it definitely was, like, a, it felt like a smaller or a more quiet year, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, Songbird Symphony. I got a review code for that. I never reviewed it because I got a bit in. I was just bored of it. Um, that, that wasn't great. I wouldn't mm. call it terrible, though. It was a bit disappointing, but that's just because I expected more from it. I think in a similar vein for me, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a game that I looked forward to since I was like a prepubescent boy. And not that I like didn't like it, but like I, I played it, I got about halfway through it and I I was like really loving it and then just kind of like fell off of it because it's like, it's just more of the same and it's like incomprehensible nonsense, you know, like, so it's it, like I still have a soft spot for in my heart for Kingdom Hearts, but I think like the time for me to get the max level of enjoyment or like emotional reward from that game is like behind me at this point. Mm, that's the problem with games like that. It's like such a big investment. And if it doesn't pay off, it, it just feels disappointing, whatever. If it doesn't, you know, even if it's a good game and you invest loads of time in it and it just drags a bit at some point, it yeah. feels like feels like you're wasting your time rather than enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, like I just don't, I just don't think this is for me anymore, you know. And yeah. like, I, there, I, I will always love Kingdom Hearts on some level, but like, I just, I don't, I don't know that I really have much interest in it anymore. Like, I, I want to, I'm gonna go back and finish three at some point, but it just, uh, it didn't, it didn't hit all the notes I was hoping it would. Didn't click. My friend Pedro was also a disappointment. I reviewed that for the site. It wasn't bad, but I thought it was going to be really like funny and quirky and different, and it was just kind of generic. Yeah, that's the thing. That had really good marketing. Like the marketing it was had so good, really good marketing, and the game mm-hmm. itself is just okay. But they, they didn't like lie in the marketing, or they didn't mislead no. in the marketing. It was just the marketing was so impactful that it made the game look like it was going to be just as impactful. Yeah. Whoever whoever did that trailer was like fucking brilliant, you know, mm-hmm. like totally totally nailed it. Um, yeah, the only other game I've I've caught here that like really sticks out to me as being like disappointing, um, was Days Gone, and I didn't even play it. It was just that like I was really excited for it, um, and to see like Sony Bend finally get another game out, and like the overall like kind of lukewarm reaction to it, I was like, eh, like I guess I'll I'll play it eventually when it's on sale and like the fact that i was excited for it and was like yeah no like nobody cares about this game but i do and it's gonna be cool and then it was like yeah it's all right it's like ah, okay oh well so i think i think that answers that question uh number four not a question just want to tell pete to play disco elysium because it is a game of the year material in my opinion and should really be played by every fan of pen and paper thank you for the recommendation asobi uh disco elysium has been on my radar for a while now and i'm i i'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that much like undertale it's going to be one of my favorite games of 2020 that i'm like why the fuck didn't i play this last year because <laughs> i don't know that i'm gonna have time to play it before i've not even heard of it before i'm just checking it out now. oh dude it's like everyone's talking about it disco elysium and uh outer wilds not outer worlds are like the two indie games that everyone is talking about this year and they're like everyone must play these games but i disco elysium i've heard people say it ruined other games for me because of how good it is but yeah Sobi's far from the only person i've heard say that it like like i saw a lot of people being like how is this not a game of the year contender like all that stuff so is it on switch or is it ps i think it's Steam? it's pc exclusive right now <sighs> yeah. oh it's coming to it's coming to ps4 and xbox at some point yeah at some point though 2020 no. ah, maybe, maybe i'll wait 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll wait. You know that's when PS5 comes out, and then you're like, oh, I just bought this game, and then now I've got a new console. The Switch Pro comes out, and everyone's... I'm so excited to spend like $1,000 on hardware next year. You have no idea. Oh, I just hope they don't do like PS4 Pro by default. You know, PS4 Pro tier pricing by default. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, probably not. Well, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I actually have no concept of how much it's going to cost. It could be a lot. I'm going to guess that they're going to want to do 400 again because it obviously paid dividends with the PS4 sales. Hopefully I'll be able to pick up a broken one again. That's what I did last time. Oh my god. And what, did you fix it then? Or? <clears throat> so the funny thing is, I planned on fixing it. I went to go get the parts and I was checking which model of PS4 it was. And I went on the site and it was still under warranty. So I just sent it back. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Anyways, have a nice weekend. Love y'all. Pixel 2 this time. Asobi. <laughs> All right. So this next one uh, comes from Zade Ida, another regular writer into the show, who wrote in and said, Hey, podcast crew. Pete, hope you had a good Thanksgiving this year. And for Steven Pixel, assuming you're on the show, I hope all is well. And if you're not, and if you're not, to whoever is filling in for them, I hope all is well with you too. There we go. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my question this week is kind of off. It's. Uh, okay, it's kind of Nintendo, depending on how you answer, I guess. My question is, what is the craziest, wildest thing you've done to make sure you played a game on its release date? The reason I ask is because I recently did something I consider pretty wild to make sure I played a game on release. Around the end of September, I was uh, beyond hype for Code Vein, uh, but where I work at the time pretty were pretty short-staffed. I decided nothing could stop me from playing this game, so I told my boss I was heading to Vegas for a long weekend to make sure I had enough time to easily play Code Vein. Needless to say, I got the vacation time approved and fiended the game during launch weekend. Unfortunately, I posted a picture of the title screen on my Instagram story, which my boss saw, so we had an interesting talk when I came back. In my opinion, the scolding I got from my boss was totally worth it. As always, keep up the great work, and I can't wait to hear your crazy launch day game stories keep it plus ultra zade keep it plus ultra buddy uh so my craziest story is a nintendo one so that works uh so for the release of super smash brothers brawl i had three friends with me uh this is when i was living in new jersey and we bagged up my original xbox and a bunch of games that i wanted to trade in and threw them in a backpack and then we also took a huge jar of coins that I had been saving for like forever. And so we took a walk and went to a coin star, turned all the coins into money, walked to I'm so glad you said that. I was imagining you walking up to a counter and going, there's the money. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, we went and flipped it. We went to a Taco Bell. We got like, I think 10 tacos each. So I spent like $40 on Taco Bell and was like, let's do it. We're all eating these tacos until we explode. Uh, and then we walked the rest of the way to the mall, which was like a solid mile or so and got there on a midnight release for, for smash. And there's a huge crowd of nerds just like there was a dude in a link costume. Like there's like mad people <laughs> with awesome. like stuffed animals and stuff. We started singing the Pokemon theme song in this giant crowd. It was like, it was so wild. It was the wildest video game release I've ever been to. Uh, and then, so we get, we get the game We're we're in line for like an hour. It was like very mismanaged. Um, and we finally get up there and they're like, are you you're seriously trying to trade shit in in a midnight release? Okay, fine. 
all the motherfuckers in line behind me were livid, livid. I was like, whatever, I don't care. We're doing it. I brought it here. I'm not coming back. Like, trade it in. I ended up having enough money from the coins to buy the game. I didn't even need to trade any of this shit in, but I did it anyway. <laughs> ended up leaving with the game. We walked back home. And then we stayed up for, like, three or four hours until the sun rose, just jamming out, like, singles, you know? Like, fucking trying to unlock characters. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah, I don't know how to follow that. I've never really had a crazy launch day one. Like, the, the worst thing I did, it's not even bad, but, like, I didn't have a Wii when Skyward Sword launched. Mm -mm. And I really wanted to play it, so I just went to a secondhand shop, bought a TV. Bought a, I didn't have a TV either, by the way. You didn't bought have a TV. TV? What were you doing <laughs> no, no. in 2000? nine or whatever i was like a uni still man <laughs> so i had a tv then no you just didn't play video games for that long we did but we played it in one guy's room he had an oh, xbox in okay. there okay so yeah i went out and bought wii tv the game and one of those little add-ons that you had to have for skyward sword so i could buy a cheap control that's that's the craziest thing i've done like if there's a game i really want to play on launch i can just take the day off anyway you know yeah so. you're an adult now uh -huh. um okay yeah so thanks again for writing in to both of you guys uh so this last question comes from our discord which like i said go join the discord in the podcast chat i throw up a thread like pretty much every week but i forgot this week until the last minute um so we only got one reply this week this one comes from actually a friend of mine uh, eddie road dog who you can uh catch um i'm often a guest on his podcast the gamer delphia podcast uh, so Eddie wrote in and said, I got one. Looking ahead to 2020 with the next consoles releasing and the hype for games like Final Fantasy VII and The Last of Us, what can Nintendo release to say number one throughout the year? Breath of the Wild 2, man. Yeah, Breath of the Wild sequel. I'd say, and Pikmin, and Pikmin. I would say Super Mario Odyssey sequel would be another one. Um, yeah. A Switch Pro model. That's probably it. Metroid. Mm, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, it depends how they pitched it. If they managed to get Metroid out next year and it was like full on Halo like marketing. Yeah. But like it would have to be really fucking good too, is the thing. Because like people oh, yeah. people don't really care about Metroid. Like Metroid is a brand that has and I don't mean that with like shit. <laughs> I can hear Max crying. I know he's here. he's gonna like tweet at me and be all pissy about it or whatever. Like I'm not saying that it's a value judgment about Metroid. It's that Metroid has like the cat the cultural cachet and the iconography respect of something like mario or zelda but it's never sold like those ip do so yeah i think like we've always said this like when the new consoles come out that's when breath of the wild 2 or whatever they call the sequel will come out that's going to be their standing ground i think I, I i think that's probably a good bet honestly all right so thanks again to uh eddie and asobi and zaid for writing in uh if you want to write in again you can hit me up at pete at .com. get us at twitter when i throw up the weekly thread if i remember it or over on the discord um so yeah write in with your questions you'll hear your thoughts right on the air just like these fine folks did All right, so we got a couple items on the news list this week. Let's jump right into them. Uh, first one is Super Mario Maker 2 has gotten a pretty uh, significant update, the first one ever for some reason, uh, where, you know, the, the real highlight is that it adds Link, but it also adds a number of, uh, you know, classic Mario enemies like uh, Pokey and Spike and, you know, um, a number of, of classics that have not, you know, made the cut yet. Uh, but definitely the most interesting thing is the Master Sword item, which unfortunately you can only use in the like 8-bit style, but uh, it lets you turn Mario into Link, 
and he gets like a number of like pretty interesting and unique uh like powers that are like link abilities you know like uh, you get a bow and arrow that you can shoot in like three directions like up down diagonal or straight forward um he has a bomb obviously the master sword which you can actually use now um so it's not like if you played mario maker one it's not that just you know um like palette swap kind of thing it's like actually a fully playable link and will obviously pretty significantly affect the way that uh that like courses can be built so very very cool addition so what, what did you think about this i think it's like it's really cool um it makes it i'm hoping like a little bit of me is just like i hope this is like a teaser for a, a zelda maker i don't think um, it is but yeah, i hope it's you're totally right not this is this is to appease people isn't it um, yeah but it's really cool it opens like you said it opens up so many new gameplay possibilities like shooting you know things from that mario couldn't otherwise reach and you've got downward for us now as well so you can bounce off um, enemies oh yeah yeah that's the other thing mm-hmm um, so I'd be really interested to see kind of the levels people come up with because most of the courses are similar in some way. Like you got the musical ones, you've got the puzzle you know, the ones, standard. yeah. But like adding Link in there, I think it will kind of encourage people to make it more Zelda-ish, you know, more puzzly, mm-hmm. more combat-orientated rather than just kind of a Mario run. Yeah, absolutely. Which is cool. I think my my only. Um gripe with this i guess is it feels like late you know like i definitely feel like mario maker 2 like came out to not quite as much fanfare as as i think a lot of people expected and i think nintendo themselves have said that it underperformed um based on their expectations so not to say that it was like a failure or anything like that but like i think if they had had regular updates like this like every month that like people would still be hot on this game you know yeah i think if they i don't know if they added like zelda more zelda elements or you know animal crossing element they could go with any franchise really like metroid um and package them up as dlc people would buy it people would love it um i'm glad that they did like link for free but if they just added a bit more in it would have you know made it a bit more interesting yeah i mean i think the thing is they probably don't even need to charge for the dlc because like if they are doing regular content updates, that'll make this a game that people continue to buy in the same way that they mm-hmm. continue to buy, like, you know, Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Uh, it could just be a PR stunt. Like, obviously, they're adding it to the game and it's coming. But um, the timing of this announcement right before the holiday period, to me, it just seems like they're trying to push Mario Maker 2 back into like the new spotlight so they can s- sell some more over the holiday period. But I, I hope it isn't just that kind of hollower update and it's something they're going to continue to do to kind of improve the longevity of the game. You know, maybe they don't have a Mario Maker 3 planned as soon as people might think. I mean, I would hope not. I would rather them, like, build out Mario Maker 2 as a platform and just keep adding to it, you know, and, like, bank on the fact that if they continue to build things that, like, it will, you know, it'll, it'll grow. In my mind, like, there's no reason they shouldn't just keep updating it. Like, they could have just uh, released Super Mario Maker 1 Deluxe and just added all the new stuff into it, and it would have been fine, you know? Yep, yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. Um, so then there's also uh, there's also the Ninji Speedrun that has been added, which is, like, a new feature where you'll get to see other players' ninji ghosts, like, running alongside you, and you can, like, kind of time trial. And it, uh, they, Nintendo has said that 
the way that they'll choose it is going to be based on people from around a similar performance level to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they gauge that, but um, God so nice. you're not going to have to like worry about like being matched with somebody who's like really good and just is like kicking your ass. <laughs> Professional speed running, you're like, oh crap. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and they said that there's going to be events that run weekly and new courses will be distributed uh, periodically. Yeah, so, so like the courses, um, you get a selection of the screenshot I've seen, there's only three in it, but there's probably a lot more based on the scroll bar, so maybe like 30. Um, and they'll rotate every seven days. Yep. So it's uh, it's it's solid, um, I think, and it, it's definitely a good addition. Whether or not it's you know whether there should be more of them or whatever, like th- this is a meaningful addition to the game, and I hope we get more of them like this because I like Super Mario Maker two. I just didn't find that there was a lot there to keep me there. Yeah, the, the speedruns are quite good because if you beat one of the courses, you'll get a stamp card, and then you can kind of trade those in later for special me costumes so it's not just a vanity this is how fast i can go you get rewarded with like me costumes as well which is cool yeah that's nice um and that's actually live uh as of recording today so by the time you're listening to this tomorrow uh it's already up so and it's a free update so go check it out all right so move right along uh new super nintendo and nes games are coming next week uh and they include Star Fox 2 wow which is wild yeah so, uh, the games that are coming are, for the NES, we've got Super Punch-Out, Kirby Superstar, Breath of, uh, Breath of Fire 2, and Star Fox 2. And then on NES, we've got uh, Journey to Silius, I'm going to guess, or Silius, and then uh, and then Crystallis. So, uh, those are both coming on December 12th, so that is uh, next Thursday. So, um, yeah, uh Obviously, the highlight there being Star Fox 2, For sure. which was previously only available on the Super Nintendo Classic, so um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the Switch is totally just going to absorb those classic libraries, you know? Yeah, of it, course, it, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't think they're shifting, shifting them anymore, are they, you know? So. No, yeah, they said they're not going to print them anymore. It was very clear that those were like a stopgap, like, you know, like, we need some holiday revenue, whatever, and like, they're done with it now, it seems, so... Um, I did want to just bring up, there's an article that VentureBeat did on this that cracked me the fuck up, because the headline is, Nintendo doesn't add Super Mario RPG to Switch's online SNES games. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta hand it to them. Uh, that's fucking, and this was the opening sentence. Nintendo has updated the roster of retro games available as part of Nintendo Switch's online service with six games that are not Super Mario RPG. <laughs> <laughs> not bitter at all. No, I, I love that. So shout out to Jeff Grubb for that one. That made me laugh. Uh, so moving right along, uh, Damon X Machina has a Witcher 3 collaboration where there's a new piece of DLC that will let you look like Siri or, or Geralt. Uh, it's currently only announced in Japan, but you got to imagine that it's coming west at some point. Have you seen a trailer? No. Go Just go watch 10 seconds I'm, of it I'm, now. I'm watching it right it now. It just looks like Geralt in the game just looks totally out of place. It's so weird. Oh my god, yeah, this is weird. He's just like, alright, I'm done fighting monsters, time to fight robots! <laughs> this looks so odd. You know, fair enough, though. Free content's free it's, content. It's a really, really weird crossover in general, though. Like, why The Witcher? Like, why Damon X Machina, which is a game that, by all accounts, is not that great? Yeah, like, I can see, like, well... I can see it from Witcher's perspective. You know, we've got Witcher on Switch now, and they've got the Netflix series coming out in four days. So it kind of. But makes... like, this is this is the game. Okay. Yeah. Granted, he's been a bunch. Of, oh, whatever. Fine. Okay. 
It's a weird one. Could have put him in Smash, but no. <laughs> Uh, All right, so then uh, last item on the news list this week before we get it out this week is Nintendo has applied for five Pokeball Plus patents in Japan. Um, So you look at the actual patent and, like, it doesn't really look... (laughs) It's a Pokeball Plus. Yeah, like, it it doesn't look like anything super unique, um, like, compared to what we've already seen. So I'm not totally sure, like, what the... I don't know, like, what the difference actually is here. Like, my first thought was when it was, like, okay, cool, there's, like, five of them. I was, like, all right, maybe they're going to make, like, different ones. Like, ones, like, it's, like, oh, it's a great ball controller. It's an ultra ball controller. Like, that kind of thing. But. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, um, it, it could just be them covering all bases to make sure nobody makes knockoff ones. Um, at, like, that don't infringe their patent. Like, there's probably a few ways you could build this round controller that's a Joy-Con, and we've seen fake Joy-Cons already, or third-party Joy-Cons. So they could just be covering their bases to make sure they have patents for every conceivable way they can think of building it. That makes sense. Um, Otherwise, you know, we might be getting a Let's Go game again next year, and you might be able to get Pokeball, Masterball, Triple, whatever ball. Um, Could go either way. That's kind of where my mind went with it is. I'm thinking that that might be the case. Yeah. uh... I'd have to. I haven't looked at the patents close enough yet to see if there's any major changes in them. But just from the images I'm looking at here, it looks pretty much the same. Yeah, it looks that way anyway. Like it, there doesn't seem to be anything like too significantly different. So I would guess they're either covering their bases or we have uh, a Johto Let's Go coming out. And like there is a thing in in the Gen two games where that was the introduction of the specialty balls that you could go and get made by kurt in azalea town okay um so i'm wondering if maybe it'll be like special editions of the balls based on yeah corn balls or whatever i don't know it's just odd because obviously for a patent like if they're just gonna skin the balls differently they don't need the patents you know yeah but i'm wondering if maybe they up they they modded the tech a little bit like okay. since that Maybe there's cheaper parts out now, and there's a better right. way to build them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one for sure. It's a mystery. All right, so moving along now. This week, uh, on Friday, December 6th, we've got Immortal Planet. So this uh, is a game that I, I saw. Like, I hadn't heard about this beforehand, or at least I don't remember seeing it beforehand. But, like, it is a, like, post-apocalyptic kind of thing where you're exploring this planet trying to find a mystery of like you know like i guess what happened and you know it's got like uh like they they say it's got like souls like progression you know so it's like a very like it looks like it's like a technical dueling kind of indie game got a pretty cool art style so not necessarily something that like appeals to me but i i could see it being uh like you know, yeah. It's like if you took Bastion, up some people. If you took Bastion and made it like a flat, like isometric style. Yeah, I know it's isometric already. But if you took like the flat design philosophy and made it isometric, that's, that's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Yeah, it's it's definitely got like a pretty a pretty good aesthetic. So I don't know. Check it out if that's if that kind of thing sounds like your bag. Might be worth keeping an eye on. That same day, we've got Assassin's Creed The Rebel Collection. We talked about this last week on the show. This is that pack that comes with Black Flag and Rogue. Uh, 40 bucks. It's got all the single-player DLC. Pretty good deal. It's got Black Flag in it, so, you know. Yeah, it's the best Assassin's Creed game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, if, if, I, if I was the kind of gamer who had more free time, 
I might pick that up. I like Black Flag. Uh, to be fair, I never finished it. I had it on Wii U and a disc. I never did either. The, the disc broke halfway through. I was gutted. I just wasn't very interested in playing Assassin's Creed anymore. So, like, I spent a lot of time, like, just doing the pirate shit and never yeah. really played the main game. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, I've had my fill. Like, there was a, p- a point for, like, two weeks where I played it, like, every night and would just go out and, like, get in ship fights. And that was all I was doing. Yeah, it's odd. Like, they should have released some standalones for, like, 15 quid each or something and they would have sold brilliantly. Like, I wouldn't buy the collection because there's no way I'm going to sit through two Assassin's Creed games with all the Switch games that are out now. Yeah, 20 bucks each, though, isn't a bad deal. Yeah. So, like, one to keep an eye out for for, like, a sale, maybe. All right, on Tuesday, December 10th, we've got Shovel Knight King of Cards and Shovel Knight Showdown. Um, If you have the, the like, I forget what treasure it's called. Trove. But the, master, the treasure trove. Yeah, you get both of these for free mm-hmm. as free DLC. If not, uh, you can buy them both a la carte uh, for what is it? Fifteen each? Not ten bucks each. So nine ninety nine, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So check that out. Um, I love Shovel Knight so much. Definitely going to be playing these games. Don't know if I'll play them on launch day or like if I might have to wait a bit. I got a lot. Did in you the buy queue treasure right now? Yeah, I bought the Treasure Trove on Switch. Yeah, as soon as I got, as soon as it came to Switch, I bought it again because I just love Shovel Knight. Yeah, I think I've triple, like, triple dipped on that one. I think. Yeah, I think I bought three copies of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did because I bought it. I bought it on Vita, which gave me the PS4 copy. I bought a 3DS copy for a friend, and then I have the Switch copy for myself. Uh, oh no, I think I've quadruple dipped on it. Switch. 3DS, PC, and PS4. Hell yeah. Wow. I just gotta get it on Xbox. <laughs> I don't have an Xbox, so... Get one just to buy Shuffle Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so moving into our main topic this week, uh, we're gonna talk about a little uh, little phenomenon that happened. Phenomenon. Uh, this... <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Phenomenal. Okay, we're going to talk about Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Not quite as good as Parker's jingles, but you know. Not quite as good. No. I'll have, to, I'll have to get him to do a better version of that. You can just take those vocals and put some real music behind it, you know? Perfect. So, according to uh, an, an article from Business Wire that came out this week, Nintendo Switch sold more than 830,000 units over Thanksgiving week in the U.S. This ranks as the single best week of U.S. sales in Nintendo Switch history. Total sales of Nintendo Switch in the Americas have reached 17.5 billion units. Billion? Million. Million, sorry. Wow, sorry. can you imagine if it was billion? Ins- Every person on the planet owns three Nintendo Switches. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive, though. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Are you kidding me? Like, what a what a week, huh? Did you have good Black Friday sales for for Switch in the US? There were a couple. Uh, I, I there there was one on Cyber Monday. It was the first time the Switch Lite's ever been discounted. Okay. And then there was uh, the new improved battery life Switch with the Super Mario Odyssey Red Joy Cons in a bundle that everybody was going nuts for. Yeah, we had that. They released a new console. Like they reduced them by about ten, fifteen quid in the UK, and then they released the Mario Kart Eight bundle with the newer Switch model. And Nintendo's online store, they did a thing where if you bought their holiday, bought, if you 
asked them to send you a copy of their holiday guide or picked it up from like EGX or something, you got 10% off. So you essentially got wow. the new Switch, a game for like 259 quid. So that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, he also added that Pokemon Sword and Shield have now sold a combined total of more than 3 million in the Americas. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has 8.5, Smash 8 million, Odyssey 6.5, and Super Mario Bros. U, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is uh, 1.5. Mm-hmm. Quite impressive. So, yeah. Re- really, I think this might be their final strong holiday period, though, so I'm glad it, they did well. You think it's going to be the last one? Pretend. The last guaranteed one. Because next year we've got com- a lot more competition. Like, Xbox is dead in the water right now. PS4 is stumbling along nicely, but there's no major, you know, releases. Like Death Stranding and stuff, but they're acquired tastes. Yeah. Um, whereas we've just had Pokemon. So. Yeah, fair. I, It's just like, you know that they're going to come out with a new model of the Switch and uh, uh, Breath of the Wild 2, like, very soon. So, like... If if they come out with Breath of the Wild 2 bundled with a special edition Switch Pro, then in my eyes, they're in an extremely strong position. Um, I think if they don't do that next year, it'll be even better, though. Like, if they did that in 2021 when there's not new consoles on the market, like, I think it would sell even better. Yeah, they could do the kind of upbeat thing where you miss the standard release dates and then just hit on the uh, yeah. the alternate ones. Um, oh, it's out in March. You know, like, whatever, like, okay, cool. Uh, like, anniversary. Wow, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I already bought my PS5. I have more expendable income again. Like, if, right. if they could, like, with the Switch, newer Switch model that's more efficient, um, so last along with the battery, if they went down the route of, like, this Switch has a bit more horsepower and, you know, these past games will be, you know, like, Breath of the Wild would be bumped up to 60 FPS. Um, if, they, if they can pull that off, I think they'll get a lot of people double dipping which could yeah. potentially push them back into kind of prominence but yeah it's definitely possible i just, I just got my fingers crossed that uh ps5 and xbox whatever it's called are going to be such a high price tag that nintendo is going to get even more support and then they'll invest more in their games and we'll get you know an amazing roster in like 2021 I think I think that that's likely, you know, because I think that like, regardless of what they're doing, you know, like what Sony and Microsoft are doing there. I mean, like Nintendo's like got their own thing going on. Like they've secured their own slice of the market. They're like carved out their own niche, and like you know, I think I think especially in twenty twenty, I think we might be surprised. By how well Switch continues to sell. Oh no, twenty twenty will be the Switch's year because PlayStation and Xbox aren't going to invest too much in their, you know, not dying, but you know, their end of life cycle consoles. Whereas Nintendo is still in its prime with the Switch. My only concern, where that, where that's concerned, I guess, for <laughs> lack of a better way to phrase that, is uh, with what Ed said earlier in the Q&A where like there are a lot of really high profile games coming out next year mm-hmm. and as far as i am aware animal crossing is the only one from nintendo mm-hmm. like what other big game is coming out next year from nintendo what other games do we know past march though or april i forget when it's coming we don't. out don't right so yeah. like that they they could come but they might not like you look at this year and it was really soft until 
the end of the year when Fire Emblem and Pokemon and Astral Chain and Luigi's Mansion all came out at once. You know, so like if they pull something similar or whatever, like fine. Okay. Like that that might work. But like you look at the heavy hitters next year and it's like Cyberpunk, like uh Final Fantasy, Doom, like there's all these D- games Doom's that going like to switch as well, so that's true. But there are all these games that we've been like sitting on. You know, like, oh, like, we Last of Us. Like, all these games we've mm-hmm. been waiting for that are, like, these are the swan songs of this generation. These are, like, the, you know, cream of the crop that we're going to get on Xbox One and PS4. And, like, people are looking forward to these games. And I think those games are largely going to dominate the conversation next year. And Nintendo's definitely got an uphill battle between all of those games and the new consoles and everything. But to your point, like... I, I think Nintendo's gonna like really have that sweet spot where it's like, okay, cool, everybody else this is gonna be where that we're in the middle of everyone else's console generations thing is finally gonna work for them. Where it's like, okay, cool, we're not the new hotness anymore, but like we have an established platform that, you know, is like that that works, you know, and that people engage with, that software sells well on, and like especially if you're an indie or something like that, like, is there going to be more incentive for you to bring your new game to PS5 or Switch? Switch. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one, though. Because I remember Nintendo saying that they were targeting core gamers at one point, um, and that was with Breath of the Wild and things like that. And then it seems like this past year or so, they've gone for more of a casual targeting. Um, you know, they've thrown some core, I don't know, this is the horrible terms, like core gamer games in there. We've had things like Mario Party, <clears throat> things like that that are kind of softer games. Ring Fit. Ring Fit, exactly, yeah. You know, we have the Labo kits. And I think that's kind of the family orientation of the marketing cycle. And they try and, you know, they've tried to pull in those people now. And I think next year they'll probably switch back to targeting like core gamers, so to speak. Um, yeah, I mean, especially with new consoles on the way, right? Right. So, because families don't buy new consoles, you know? like general family who's not that into gaming but like to play a few games or their kids ask their mum for a, a game they're not going to go oh wow of you know $500 console I've got to get that for my son or you know for that one game that's that's not going to happen a lot of people that buy on Black Friday sales and I think that's what we've just seen you know that they've sold currently they've been marketed to, marketed to currently with Nintendo and then next year they're probably going to go right now we need to draw the core gamers away from these new and shiny consoles yeah and like keep nintendo in the conversation Mm -hmm. because like right now you know like they're on top of the world you know like things are going really well consoles selling like hotcakes most of their first party releases have been well received Mm -hmm. like they're doing a good job we've got animal crossing at the beginning which is like that's probably like a huge huge sales driver yeah like if you look at the 3ds sales with that, that that's getting us an all-rounder hitter you're gonna get families you're gonna get people like you and me who just want to chill out um that's gonna sell a lot and if they can hit like breath of the wild at the end of the year and scatter a few good games you know 70 to 80 games in between they, they've probably got nailed so the series has sold over 30 million units worldwide <laughs> yeah so that's pretty good most of that was uh, um Amiibo Festival, wasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's see, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I don't even think they have the number for Amiibo Festival. Oh yeah, okay. 
Amiibo Festival was a critical and commercial failure in Japan. It had sold only 26,325 copies. It's only sold tw- 26 copies. That's fucking rough. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so it looks like the original Animal Crossing sold 2.32. Wild World was 11.75. Mm-hmm. City Folk was 3.38. New Leaf was 12.21. So I would guess... I'm, I'm going to go with what probably... I'm. What's the highest selling Switch game now based on last sales figures? Is Mario Kart 8 Yeah, for sure. but what was the figure? Let me just have a quick look. Okay, here we go. 19.01 uh, million. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this might beat that no, long term. No, I'm, I'm, I don't think it will um, because Mario Kart 8 is getting bundled a lot now. I'm not. I'm not saying that it'll necessarily beat Mario Kart Eight, but I I could see it selling upwards of twenty million copies. I reckon it will hit uh, thirteen. Fifteen. Thirteen million. Like in its 13 first million? year. You think it'll only be in its first year? In its first year. Oh, see that I don't think. I'm talking more over the life cycle of Nintendo Switch. That's my thing with Animal Crossing. It's like Animal Crossing is a once in a generation kind of game. All right. So, like, this is a game that will sell a ton at launch and continue to sell in the same way that Mario Kart does, probably for the rest of the Switch's life. Oh, for sure. Um, I reckon we're looking at... And you gotta imagine that's gonna get bundled a lot, too. Like, maybe maybe 19 is bold. I, 15, I think, might be... Well, lifetime. Reasonable. I think that's fair. But I, yeah, I, reckon, I reckon they'll ship, like, 11, 12 in the first year. I think if they shift that many in the first year, I think they'll end up selling more than 15 lifetime, depending on how long the Switch exists, I guess. Yeah, well, if you look at games like Super Mario Party, they've shifted like seven and a half million. Yeah. That game wasn't that good, though, is the problem. Exactly. Uh, like, if this is like, if this is a top tier, like, if this game is as good as New Leaf, uh-huh. like, it's going to sell, it's going to sell an insane amount of copies. Like, you, you, I definitely expect it to sell more than Super Mario Party, right? That's fair. Mm-hmm. And that released in October. So that's that's just been over a year. Actually, when were the stats updated? Um September. So yeah. within a year, that sold seven and a half million. So I, I think like eleven, twelve for Animal Crossing in its first year is, is a fairly good estimate. Pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see like what the how much that moves the needle. Like yeah. and like how many how many um you know how many consoles it sells too if they bu- like if they bundle it like i hope they don't just it, it makes sense to do a switch light bundle to be honest um but i really want to see some more cool switch bundles yeah i mean do both like get them both man yeah they won't they won't do that though because it'll divide their marketing i think they'll just go for one i know you're probably right they'll probably just go for a switch light because like that makes sense considering the two highest selling animal crossing games were handheld games yeah. and i think that's what most people associate it with and like particularly in that audience of animal crossing players that are like more casual like female players you know like i i know so many women who played the fuck out of new leaf and like own maybe like four or five other games on their 3ds that, you that's know? totally how i got into animal crossing my girlfriend loves it and yep i don't know there's a lot of Switch consoles out there right now. There's a lot of family games that have been sold already. 
and Super Mario Party's at 7.5, I, I think it's going to smash it. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a really interesting one. I am, like... I I feel like this conversation, like, feels like it happens every new, new generation, mm-hmm. but it's like, man, this is going to be such an interesting generation. Because, like... Nintendo's in the healthiest spot they've been in a while, like, in terms of, like, general... Because, obviously, like, there's the huge outlier of the Wii generation in terms of units sold and everything, but, like... Are you talking Wii U or Wii? Wii. Right. The Wii. Yeah. But I don't don't think anybody could argue that, like, Nintendo's cred with gamers was at an all-time low then. You know, like, near the waning years of the Wii, when it was just kind of, like, all they're doing is this gimmicky shovelware bullshit, like, you know, whatever. So you look at where they're at now and, like, they're in a really strong position with, like, owning whatever market they want. Like, this thing appeals to hardcore gamers. It appeals to casuals. It appeals to children and families. Like, that's – this is – it's, like, the perfect Venn diagram. And then we've got two new, you know, 4K consoles coming out that are, by all accounts, extremely powerful and are going to, like, totally demolish load times in most video games. Like – you know, we've got the rise of all this streaming tech. Like, it's 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 going to be a really fascinating couple years, but particularly next year to see, like, man, like, when the dust settles, like, where is everybody going to net out? Like, what are we going to be looking at? Mm. It's, it's going to be fun. I just hope Nintendo keeps the momentum, man. I, th- I think they will. I think they've got enough titles lined up ready. Um, and I, I think we'll probably see some remaster padding in there as well. Yeah. I think at this point the ball is theirs to drop, mm-hmm. so it, I hope they don't. If they, if, like if they can start the year with Animal Crossing, like start start the quarter with Animal Crossing, and then end with Breath of the Wild two, they'll smash it. Um, if for some reason Breath Pikmin of the Wild three in the middle there, yeah, to pick from three remaster in there, you know, whatever other games you can, maybe Splatoon three, um, or a new IP that's you know a bit more fulfilling than um, the stretches or whatever Arms. they're called. Oh, you know, I liked Arms. Yeah, Arms was quite good. Um, it just didn't take all the boxes. It didn't hit. Yeah, um, if they can do that, they they've nailed it. If Breath of the Wild Two gets released in twenty twenty one, then ne- next year could be a struggle for Nintendo. I think the nice thing is that they've got such good momentum right now that a a a year that they struggle through is not necessarily going to kill them. No, because they've sure. got Zelda on the way. You gotta imagine there's gonna be a Pokemon game out next year. Like, they're gonna be fine. Like, we're, we're they can we're, they can tread water uh-huh. with Animal Crossing. We're 100 percent gonna see like Breath of the Wild two at E3. You know, that's gonna yeah. be there. Um, Animal Crossing is probably gonna be their lead title um, with a nice trader and like we got with Breath of the Wild. Um, and and just the marketing alone might carry them through, but if we don't get a release of something major after Animal Crossing, then we could dwindle away towards the end of the year. And it's not something I want to see because it's disheartening when you own a console and you've kind of already reached the peak of software. Yeah, um, which I don't th- I don't think we have. No, I, you know I I think there are a lot of games out that are going to be representative of the best of nintendo but i think that there's a lot more that they can still do you gotta imagine there's a three houses not sequel but successor with that same engine Mm -hmm. in development as well so it's like they've got a lot of cards left in the deck 
you know, there's got to be a Breath of the Wild 2. There's got to be a Super Mario Odyssey 2. Isn't there a um, Xenoblade remaster coming out? Is that next year? Oh, there is. There is. I think that is next year as well. So they've got stuff. It's just, is any of it going to be as compelling as Zelda or Mario or Pokemon? I don't, I mean, Animal Crossing is, but is anything else? Probably not. We'll have to see. see. I hope so. We'll leave it at that. So, thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the podcast. Great to have you back, Pixel. You know, uh, let me just real quick jump through the plugs again. If you want to support the show, go give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Go subscribe to the RSS so that you know when these episodes go live. Let us know if there's a podcast platform hosting uh, – podcast, podcast hosting platform. Excuse Say me. worst that, presenter uh, <laughs> Get out of here, man. <laughs> uh, that you'd like us to be on, let us know. We'll be there. And, uh, you know, you can go visit us at Lupots.com, at Lupots on Twitter, YouTube.com slash Lupots, Twitch.tv slash Lupots. We're all over the goddamn place. Join the Discord. Come chat with us. Trade your Pokemons. You know, uh, let us know what games you're most excited for over there for the next week on the podcast. All that fun stuff. Uh, if you want to go above and beyond, head over to Patreon.com slash Lupots. Uh, support us at that $5 level. Get access to our Patreon exclusive show, After Dark, and uh, hear about all the stuff we've got going on in our lives that doesn't relate to the Nintendo Switch, which surprisingly is a lot (laughs) so with that uh we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast love you babies